whether you're a suburban athlete or an Olympic champion, you've got to work hard to get results. We've put over 15 years' experience into developing Active Man, combining vitamins, minerals, and proteins. Active Man helps provide you with the nutrients you need to optimize performance and assist recovery. Discover the Active Man range, now available. Active Man, power up. Welcome to this week's Power Progress podcast, and I've been super excited to have this guest speaker. We met at FMC, we're going into a bit more detail in a bit, and that is Steve Simpton, which is basically the former professional Mr. Universe 2006. I'm delighted to have you, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. Hi, folks. Uh, no, I'm r- really good. Uh, looking forward to having a chat. Yeah, me too. Obviously, we chatted a lot on both events because I was actually competing last year the transformation I got first place. So we actually got chatting a lot about obviously our upbringing, our childhood. So I think a good place to start would be what really got you into doing fitness in the first place? Because I think your childhood was a big part of that, wasn't it? Oh, massive part. Uh, My childhood, uh, it's a strange one really because, I mean, my earliest memories, actually the very first song that I ever heard and it's just, it's a vivid memory, uh, sitting in my pram, as I heard uh, Cliff Richard singing, uh, oh, what was the song again, Mummy? congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that was my very first memory as, uh, of anything, really. Uh, I was brought up by a single parent, my mum, God bless her. Uh, she brought up myself and my brother. Uh, and it felt... Basically, to encapsulate it, I just felt throughout my childhood as if I was a second-class kid. Mm. Always, All I wanted to do was fit in, and I never, ever felt that happened. Uh, uh, all sorts of things, you know, we'd get our clothes for the welfare, we'd be lining up for free dinner tickets, uh, and I just wanted to fit in. That, that mm. was basically it. So... I remember my uncle, Mr. Ian Lawrence, he was a Mr. Universe in 1974. Wow. And I used to go along and sit in his flat and used to just sit and stare at his trophies. I remember I was about five or six year old and I used to pick up his magazines, his health and strengths, and just sit and look at the pictures. And I, I remember I said in my head to myself, I'm, I want, I'm going to do what he did. I didn't say, I'm going to try. It was in the stars. I knew wow. I was going to miss the universe. And that was one. age six as well, uh, you, this, when yeah. you had these thoughts. That's amazing. Yeah. It's funny with me, because I don't even remember, I remember very little being that small. So it's mm. really insightful that you've got them, you remember them, crucial key factors, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing like I was saying about being a second house, class kid did not I mean getting bullied at school I was very always very short from age and very skinny I remember turning up at a third year in the high school uh, on the first day of term I went to school early to stand at the gates to see if there were any of the new first year kids were any shorter or smaller than me <laughs> no I was still the smallest and the shortest that was going it's very the similar time. to me I was like the, the small one and I always thought it's because yeah, yeah. because my age I was August the 28th so I almost was a year younger 
And mm. I think it showed in my development when I was yeah. that small, yeah. you know. Well, I think I was a late developer because there was one thing I remember. There was a guy, same age as myself, and he started in the gym at the same time as myself, but he was a, more, a lot more physically developed, uh, which I'll, quick story, uh, I remember because my uncle was training actually at the time for some big competitions, i.e. Mr. World, Mr. Universe, Professor Mr. Universe, and he had a training partner called Ken, and Ken used to wash the buses in my hometown in Kelso, and one day he just decided he was done with training. He had one junior Mr. Scotland and he just decided he was done. But the reason for quitting was incredible. He didn't want to go training because he couldn't finish the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> <laughs> serious, serious. My uncle was kind of looking around for a new training partner. And rather than pick me, he picked the lad, Alan, who was the same age as me because he was more physically developed in my right. in my uncle's mind he must have thought he'll be able to cope with the pressure better so both myself and alan did our first very first competition together at the mr scotland uh, and neither of us got in the top 10 uh, so alan because he was my uncle's training partner i think in his head he was thought he was just going to walk in and win it yeah because yeah. he was he learned his training partner so he packed it in. So my uncle, in his wisdom, must have been looking around and said, okay then, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> and away we went. Away we went. And I know to this day, he, he knows I was the best training partner I ever had. Yeah. How old were you been about then? Uh, well, I first set, set foot in his gym when I was uh, 13. Yeah. So, really, that was at the beginning of the, the gym scene for me. It was in an old hayloft back wow. in the days when everything was homemade. 13. That's yeah, amazing. It was a bit rocky style. <laughs> you started quite early, didn't you, really, with the weights? Then? Yeah, very early, but I'm glad of that because I talk quite often to people about now they've got the benefit of hindsight, going to the gym at that age. It kept me away from all the distractions in life, especially mm. for the young people that go off on different tangents. Exactly. And it kept you very focused, didn't it? It kept yeah. my focus. Oh, that's huge. Um, obviously, with with what we already mentioned, 2006, Professional Mr. Universe, but we already spoke beforehand. You got, was it Mr. Britain, Mr. Scotland? And, and that led to you to the 2004 Nabba, Mr. World. Would you say that was probably at the time a big achievement? Yeah, if, if you want to go about, I wouldn't say. I mean, that was a big achievement becoming professional Mr. Universe. Uh, I was four times Mr. Scotland, but that was actually the hard one to win. Yeah. Because you were kind of still caught up in the, the pack, you know, and I had so many attempts at, I hadn't figured out my formula yet. Yeah, and I was still trying to figure everything out. So, for me personally, it was harder to become Mr. Scotland than it was to become Mr. Universe. Wow, yeah. And after having, I won that, and then getting past the Britain was quite difficult. Europe wasn't too bad, but by then I'd found my formula, and it was just 
I knew I just got to keep doing what I'm doing, uh, and the title will come to me because I was mm -hmm. I was getting better all the time. So it was just patience and hard work. Yeah, I think sometimes you get that belief when you do at least win something. I remember when oh, yeah. I yeah. um I got my first place, and I felt from winning that first place, I don't know there was a level of contentment with me that I had that then. Mm -hmm. So I could hit stage knowing that I've achieved that, if that makes sense. Well, that's belief in yourself, you know. It's yeah. just that belief in yourself and that you belong there, you know. Mm. It's, uh, I mean, the whole sport, it's it's there, but it's all in there. Mm. You want to be yeah. successful. Yeah. You know, everybody should have a plan. If you're just going into the gym, for example, doing anything in life, if you haven't got a plan, you're shortening the odds on success. Mm, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's conversations, it's gym sessions, it's uh, just life experiences, analysing everything. You don't even realise you're analysing everything, but you're trying to figure it out. I mean, I try and teach my kids uh, things now that I've learned, i.e. basically they can have anything they want in life, absolutely anything, if they want it bad enough. Mm. And if they want it bad enough, told them, all you need to do is figure it out. If you don't get what you want, then bottom line, no arguments, you didn't want it bad enough. You didn't want it bad enough. I remember you saying that a few times at the event, and yeah. that hit home so for me, definitely. Keep help trying to give them a, a guide so they know they're on target and to be honest with ourselves, you know? So yeah, it's, that's one thing uh, I'm saying bodybuilding, but the fitness industry, because I've been involved in all parts of it. Yeah. Is it's made me very philosophical and thoughtful about things and how things work, how people work. Yeah. 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 There's that mindset to success, isn't it? I mean, I think that's mindset is so important with, every aspect of your life and like I said what I love about the sport fitness or whatever sport you realize how crucial this part is and if this bit's oh, missing yeah. everything else is going to come down isn't it that's right yeah uh, everything's I've, I've kind of my, my head goes off in tangents when you start yeah. talking about things I keep thinking of different answers but yeah no it's uh, first you've got to believe in yourself and that doesn't always come straight away. No. You've got the baby steps, then you grab something that makes you believe a bit more. Yeah, and then proof, isn't it? You need to prove to yourself. And then sometimes, yeah. And once you get to a certain level, it's just no stopping you. Yeah, I totally agree oh, with that. You can, and like, obviously, a lot of yes. subliminal messages to get yourself in a good place. Yeah, to have that confidence, you know, and all that. Challenges are inevitable. Yeah. However, defeat is optional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love all these sayings. I love them all. Yeah. Uh, when we go into the mindset, and obviously actions play a big part to this, we had a discussion about the eating side. To oh, yeah. Get into, you know, to that peak physique. And yeah. some ways we have crossovers where it's slightly different because whilst I'll go off how I feel, I've got this the phone, what I'm holding mm. up. And these days we've got the food tracker, which I yeah. use a lot, but you wouldn't yeah. have necessarily had that 
So you would have yeah. chosen more feeling based, wouldn't you? And obviously how your yeah. body looks and stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's strange. I watch people just now and everybody seems to have a trainer, a trainer, but we had to figure it out for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this might, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I always, I look at these people, I think, if you need a trainer, I'm not saying it doesn't work for everybody, but really, they haven't got that self-belief. Mm. If that makes sense, you know, I think... Well, they the certainly need help. I did figure it all out for myself. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with, I mean, my uncle... He basically showed me how hard to train. He showed me the discipline, being at the gym on time, uh, just the work ethic. He, he, yeah. he taught me that, but yeah. that was it. The rest yeah. I had to learn for myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. My theory, well, the way I work is rather than using food trackers or X amount of protein, I couldn't tell you how much protein's in a a breast of chicken or a big mm. or carbs in a baked potato. I tried to do it more instinctively. Yes. I.e., uh, what I do, everything you need to know, especially when you're prepping for a comp, you should be able to figure it out by either look at just looking in the mirror and how you're performing in the gym. And that's, that's the basis for what I decide to eat. My nutrition. Obviously, I look elsewhere for information, and I've got all my supplements and everything. But uh, basically, that's how I did it. I figured out. I just monitored how my training was going, how well it was going, and especially at comp time, week on week. For I'll try and give you an example. I'd be practicing my posing, and then having a wee look at how I was looking and how my condition was. And based on that, I would say, oh, right, I need an extra baked potato today. Or, you know, the classic one is, and I help people with this all the time, they're training for a comp, they're dieting for a comp, and they're giving it absolute hell in the gym. And one of the things I say to people is, it's not the person that boxes, boxes, it's not the person that trains the hardest or diets the hardest, hardest that's going to win a show. It's the person that boxes the cleverest with the knowledge he's got. Mm. So uh, that's me away off on a tangent again. We were talking about uh, how I do it instinctively. Yeah. So I could have walked into the gym and looking flat and I'm thinking... Oh, no. Now, that's where most people would sort of tighten up their diet because they confuse being flat with being fat. Definitely. 100%. Go, yeah. If I was looking flat, I'd go straight home and have two or three extra baked potatoes, wake yeah. up the next morning, boom, I'm back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I kept my protein, I kept everything. I'm a great believer in simple I mean, yeah. nowadays, everybody's trying to be too scientific and too technical. And personally, I think that's just uh, uh, people try to baffle people with science and make them impress people with their science and that. Whereas, I certainly think there's a big element. Of there's so much information to the point where it's confused people. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think we necessarily need all that. 
Sometimes it goes back to the simple stuff. Simple stuff. And just monitor it yourself. And when you go simple, let's go everything. There's less chance of everything getting broken when it's simple. You know? It's uh, it's definitely something I wouldn't change. Yeah. I'm going to just dig in a bit more with the intuitive eating. Um, I'll call it intuitive eating, but... um, I think you called it something else. Um, but when it comes to, I know you're saying about making sure protein's high and carbs high. Obviously, I'll do it by, I know obviously a chicken breast would be more, would it be more of a case that you'd class certain food groups? So you go, I feel like I need more protein today. Yeah. So I'm going to have a bit more beans, pulses, that's chicken. True. Yeah. Or if I need more carbs, I'll go more towards the solid carbs. So it'd be like potato, rice. And it's, would that be how your mind would work? Absolutely. I mean, I had the problem that I'm not a big eater. I've yeah. never been a big eater, small appetite. So I had the problem. My hardest part was trying to grow. Yes. Then I listened to some uh, conversations and you talked to a lot of people. So what the way I did it, which I don't always recommend, and it's not the done thing, but because I couldn't get enough calories on board because my metabolism is so fast, is... I used weight gainer shakes. I used to have 10 a day. So yes. you had uh, like f- 1,500 calories 10 times a day plus the yeah. meals. And that's the only way I could do it. Yeah, I mean, I bet as well, um, again, going back to the tracking, because I've also got fit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm terrible with tech. <laughs> when we talk about um, you know high metabolism, I didn't quite realise how many steps I do in a day because I'm probably a bit like you. I'm quite, uh, quite like to keep myself busy, you know, and do stuff all the time. I have to keep this function. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can average like some some days fifteen to twenty thousand steps, and in the yeah. course of a day, that's that's four thousand calories I've burnt. That's right. You know, yeah. so I'll be on a calorie deficit without even knowing it. I just already oh. think, oh, I've got high metabolism. You know, that was the thing. You know, I mean, it was a. Uh... The calories, the calories you burn, your your output. I mean, I was uh, doing a very manual job when I early days. I was a, a plumber, and we were on sort of big earning sites in Edinburgh, and we had to work our socks off. So we were always yeah. just trying to keep that. You had to keep them very high, the calories, because I, I would, we were we were in the gym at five o'clock in the morning, do a session in the morning jump in the van, drive to Edinburgh, we were there, we get back home at six, seven o'clock at night and then still have to go back to the gym after a, a crazy hard day at work. Wow. And there's still yeah. had to perform in the gym, so calories just couldn't get enough in. Mm. That's a, yeah, that's, and I realised that since I've been tracking over these years, but I'm sure really uh, yeah, that would, in a way it could have been quite obvious if I did look and think, well, I am on my feet a lot, so I could see yeah. I'll be burning a lot. When it comes to the workouts around that time, would you be training? Do, would you do weight workouts daily? Would that be how it would go? Oh, yeah. We're talking, I mean, it was when I started training, it was the very early 70s and uh, in the early 80s. It was just the way things were done back then. It was yeah. training yeah. six days a week, twice a day. And I've seen wow. me in the gym back then. Bearing in mind, I'd only be about 16, 17 I was in the gym sometimes three times a day, but I fell into that trap thinking more is better. Yeah, yeah. Less is more. Mm. 
Oh, I mean, we were yeah, in the exactly. for a good 40 minutes in the morning, possibly in for oh, an hour and a half in the evening. And essentially what I was doing, looking back on it, I was as hard as nails, but I was like that. Yeah, not you would have been burning some energy. Not grow, yeah. which all makes sense now. Yeah, would you, do, would you have done any cardio in the gym or would it have been purely just lifting uh, weights? Back then, I don't know if the bike had been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, yeah, we did some crazy stuff, you know. There was like a huge two-mile-long hill. Yeah. Uh, outside the time, we used to jump on our bikes and yeah, absolutely sprint up that hill. It was more fun coming back down it on the way home. <laughs> yeah, so the, the cardio point of view would have been done more outdoors as opposed to in the gym yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. we used to go to the local park and do sprints. Yeah. Just simple stuff. Uh, but again, with the knowledge I've got now, that was a complete waste of my time back then. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying, obviously not a waste of time for everyone, but for me personally, it was a yeah. ma- it was detrimental to what I was trying to achieve. I was holding myself back. I mean, I guess that's where we go back to having that guide, isn't it? Obviously, you had your, um, was it your uncle, wasn't it, who was actually yeah. competing? So you would have, without even realising, you would have gained a lot of coaching and knowledge from him. Oh, around that time, yeah. You know? I mean, he taught me. It was just, it was very strict. Yeah. Um, technique was it was huge on, and he was a stickler for timekeeping, and yeah, he taught me so much. Mm. Yeah, but subliminal was, principles would have been a big yeah, factor as well. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. how people the very first, the way they start off in the gym, or who they're surrounded by those habits tend to stay with them for the rest of their days. Yeah. Whereas uh, I had to break a lot of habits to allow me to achieve what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to go into gyms and wear blinkers. Yeah. Because there's so much stuff that's going on that you don't agree with or is wrong. Uh, And as much as you try to help people and guide them, some people are grateful and some people think they know better. So some people just got to fail to learn, haven't they? I think I yeah, think that's the way it works, unfortunately. I, I was one of these people. I, I would fail many times before the penny dropped. Uh, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's where someone so experienced can sometimes get a little bit frustrated because you've got the know-how and you kind of can help someone, but you can sense that person doesn't want your help, and yeah. they unfortunately you can see and go, you know what? This person needs to learn for himself, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's some people that are looking at it as a sport, it's just not going to happen. But mm. some people, I mean, I recommend the sport to anyone. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're a, want to find yourself, find out more about yourself, this is a sport for you. Yeah, that's 100%. And I, I think you can take so much out of different elements of it, you know, whether it's, train at the gym or whether it's managing your time or whether you know yeah. there are moments where you're feeling emotional and you'd normally go towards food how do you overcome that yeah. and obviously being on stage itself you know that part of com- being a com- competing there's so many elements to the sport which is why I love it so much you know oh yeah it's a, for me it's the best sport that ever was you know it's one of the hardest sports as well we're living it 24-7 especially prior to a comp you know, your mind's on your next session, your next supplement. It's, it's just so much focus. 
Yeah. But again, that you've got to be able to switch off as well because it's uh, the pressure you put yourself under when you're training for a competition. Uh, you don't really need that pressure. You know what yeah. anybody else is going to be in the competition. How good am I? When it, I, th- I think when you stress, the chemicals in the brain just shut down and everything stops. That's where, where you've got more chance relax. of being flat, isn't it, as well? You know? flow and yeah. things start to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, you I really wish, have got to try to take wish. yourself out. Yeah, I just wish sometimes when I think back, if I could have applied the rules that applied to bodybuilding to other aspects of my life, I would have been, honestly, I'd have been a multi-millionaire. I certainly would be <laughs> in this country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, sometimes it would be uh, really good if you could, what I call, disassociate yourself and take yeah. you out of your body and look and just see it on another person's point of view and how that's you right. could do yeah. better. I mean, we can, you know, that's, that's, right. that's being a human being, isn't it? We, we can always reflect and do better, uh, I guess. Well, that's it. just got to keep an open mind to everything. Yeah. Well, it's been great to have you. Before, if anyone's listening and maybe someone isn't in doing some sort of fitness show or bodybuilding, is there any sort of final message you want to give them to maybe give them that nudge if they're actually thinking about doing yeah. something like yeah. this? Oh, I could sit here all day and give out <laughs> advice. <laughs> uh, for me, I think the biggest thing, the biggest bit of advice is, especially for the young guys or young girl, ladies getting into the sport, I would say, it's a part of your life and you should get into this. Yeah, you've got to have that dream, Mr. Universe, Mr. Olympia, Miss Universe or whatever, but don't let it take over your life. You want to do it to enhance your life. Otherwise, oh it gets complicated with relationships and all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, I have regrets. Sometimes I wish I'd done things differently. In hindsight, it's a great thing. Uh, just, I would love to help people to stop making these mistakes that I made. But like you said, some people have to make mistakes to learn. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I said, I, I knew I was going to be Mr. Universe when I was six years old. Uh, yeah. And I always had my in that. But what you need to do it's the stepping stones to get there and the patience, the discipline, the hard work. Uh, they say knowledge is power. Yeah, you've got to learn about nutrition and that, but it doesn't have to be as difficult as everybody makes it out to be. No, definitely not. Simple no, as no. Like, baked potatoes, carbs, chicken, protein, and keep Bed. fat. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not brilliant. rocket science. As I said, if you want it bad enough, it's there for the taking. All you've got to do is figure it out. If you don't get it, what you wanted, then you didn't want it bad enough. There you Left go. It. Really good way of finish. Thanks so much. I'm really looking forward to catch up with you in September because we'll go for the judge. Yeah, I can't FMC. wait. I can't wait. Uh, quick um, word on the FMC. Absolutely fantastic federation. Uh, it's what the sport needed. Uh, a place for people to come. Everybody's welcome. Made to feel welcome. Uh, meeting like-minded people, finding their feet. And I'm sure it's going to be a federation that's going to generate for the future some superstars. Yeah, it's a great, great start for people. 
uh, my hat's off to Steve Burnett, the gentleman that came up with the whole concept. Uh, I love his ideas. Uh, and as it grows, people will see it for what it is, just a fantastic federation. Definitely. Yeah, well, it's been great to have you. And I'll see you in September, mate. Catch up soon. Oh, yep. Yeah, and I look forward to talking to you again. Take you care. Later. Bye. Bye.